Hello and welcome to the Stuck Brain Podcast. All things mental health with a different approach. We look at the research, but we also discuss real life experience. Welcome to the Stuck Brain Podcast. My name is Eric Ostland. I am your host for today. Today, we're going to talk about rumination, what it is, some myths around it, some ways to help with rumination, and some roadblocks that we might run into. So first off, what is rumination? Well, on its face, it is negative thought patterns that loop in the mind and usually don't have an end in sight. So it could be that negative narrative that we tell ourselves, I'm not good enough, I'm broken. Uh, it could be an event that happened and then we just ruminate about it. We run the event over and over. I should have done it this way. Why didn't I do it that way? And we just play the event out multiple times. It can even be, rumination can be thought patterns about the future, things that haven't even happened. Oh, if I see this person again, I'm going to have this conversation and this is what I'm going to say. And then individuals will ruminate about it over and over again and think about it. Now, why is that bad? Rumination isn't always bad, but people that tend to ruminate tend to have more anxiety and depression down the road. Rumination is usually negative in context, not for everybody, but for most people. So there's four different types of rumination. The first one is brooding. Brooding involves passive contemplation of one's mood or current situation. It's usually associated with adolescence. You know, they're brooding and they're ruminating about their mood and, and how things are going that way. We do also see it in middle-aged individuals like, you know, 40s to 50-year-olds. Sometimes they'll have brooding rumination about the past. Did I make the right decisions? I should be further in my life than I am. You know, I shouldn't have made that decision. I should have a house, but I don't. That kind of rumination tends to lead to depression in middle-aged individuals. The other one is intrusive rumination. And this is usually stems from a traumatic event. So you have an event that happened and then you start to ruminate about that event. And it, and it can be unintentional. It just pops in there. And often it feels uncontrollable. Like it just pops in and then you start ruminating about that hard event that you went through. That's intrusive rumination. Now there is reflective rumination and that's different than brooding or intrusive. That's where individuals tend to go inward and look for explanations of why the person is feeling a certain way. This is a slightly more positive type of rumination than the brooding or the intrusive. And then there is deliberate rumination where individuals will purposefully ruminate on an active process where an individual consciously thinks about a situation to comprehend it from all perspectives. We do see that where people will purposefully try to ruminate about an event and try to learn from it. Those are the different types of rumination, but let's go over some myths about rumination. So the first one is rumination is all always leads to a solution. And that's just not true. Most of the time rumination is endless and there is no solution at the end of it. And it's usually negative in, in connotation and context. 
So it ends up making the person more anxious and more depressed when they ruminate. Now there is what we talked about earlier, the reflective type rumination where there's more a goal at the end. Now the second myth is ruminating is always a sign of weakness. That's just not true. Most people do ruminate. It's a pretty common cognitive process that almost everybody experiences to some extent. So in essence, a person that ruminates is not weaker than a person that does not ruminate. Third myth is usually ruminating is always unproductive. And like I said earlier, it, most of the time it is, but the key there is always. There is sometimes when if we're more reflective about a rumination, we can have a better outcome because we can set goals. We can use the rumination for valuable personal growth problem solving, gaining insights into one's own emotions. There's certain things we can do with that. Now, what does rumination usually mean? Rumination usually has four things underneath it. So underlining factors, usually somebody that ruminates, they're anxious. Sometimes certain personality traits make people ruminate more. And then also people that struggle from trying to be perfect or perfectionism tend to ruminate more and they tend to get in a perpetuating cycle of self-criticism when they ruminate. Now, people with a trauma history tend to ruminate more as well, especially they have that intrusive rumination more often than not. And in fact, rumination in these cases can be a coping mechanism that inadvertently prolongs the impact of past traumas of one's own mental health. So what I mean by that is we'll keep running that event over and over again, which isn't always helpful for a person that's trying to get through their trauma history. Another underlining factor is ongoing stressors. Individuals that are in a high stress environment continuously, that could be home life, uh, that could be a poor home life, that could be work, that could be in crisis such as war or living in an area with elevated crime rates they tend to ruminate more as well. And once again, it's the brain trying to seek safety. So it's ruminating and coming up with all the different options to keep you safe. And then there is also a correlation between brooding rumination and depression. And this is characterized by, you know, a passive contemplation of one's own mood and situation. And it's considered a central aspect of depression in midlife. And like we talked about earlier, this form of rumination involves individuals negative reflecting on themselves and dwelling on past mistakes that they've made. Now let's get into some ways to conquer that rumination. The first way, and probably in my opinion, the best way is to develop a mindfulness meditation outlook or practice. So when you engage in mindfulness, you tend to be more present. And we ruminate about either the past or the future. Meditation has been shown to help people be more present, which therefore kind of decreases the amount of rumination that we tend to have because we're more present, so we're not thinking about the past or the future. Now, the other way to conquer rumination is through CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. And this has been around for a while. It's evidence-based. It's basically challenging the, these negative thought patterns and replacing them with a healthier one. And it helps cultivate ways of thinking in a positive manner, which help with these intrusive thoughts 
and it helps foster positive mental habits. So CBT is another way to help with rumination. The other way is establishing a routine. If you establish a routine, you tend to become less anxious because there's a little bit of, I know what's going to happen next. And so people are able to relax a little bit and not ruminate as much. If you don't have a routine, it's hard to know what to expect. And then therefore people tend to hop into that rumination thought pattern. And one of the other ways is physical exercise or doing an, doing an activity that brings you out of yourself. So what I mean by that is intense exercise tends to break the cycle of rumination for, the, for a short while. If you're really stuck in a rumination spiral and you're just ruminating on a certain event, go try to exercise. Go do an exercise or do an activity where you can't think about anything else except what you're doing. So that would be something like surfing, riding a bike, skateboarding, anything where you have to be all of yourself all at once. That tends to break the cycle of rumination for a short period of time, which can be very helpful. So if I was to give any advice, I would recommend people to use a mindfulness approach and try not to avoid rumination. Because if you try to avoid ruminating, you're going to ruminate more. Like if I tell you, don't think about the color yellow, you are going to think about the color yellow. The more I try to tell you not to think about the color yellow, the stronger it gets. So that's why mindfulness is so important with conquering rumination. It's just to greet it. Oh, I'm ruminating. And then slowly let it go. Now there's visual techniques you can use with mindfulness. You can take that rumination and put it on a leaf and visually have yourself put it in a river and float down the down the river and have it leave that way. There's all kinds of techniques out there with mindfulness and meditation. So I would probably do a combination of exercise when you're just really stuck because it's hard to do meditation when you're really just stuck in a rumination cycle. So maybe do some exercise and then after that start doing some meditation. That's a good way to help conquer rumination. Now let's go over some ways to make rumination worse. The way you make rumination worse is isolation and avoidance. Kind of like I talked about earlier. The more you try to avoid ruminating, oh, don't think about that, don't think about that, the more you're going to think about it. The more you isolate, the more you're going to ruminate. So isolation and avoidance are two keys in, in making rumination worse. Uh, another one is excessive substance use. If you're drinking alcohol or using other drugs to cope with emotional distress, you're probably going to ruminate more when you're withdrawing from those substances. And we see that quite often with alcohol. People stop drinking alcohol and then they report racing thoughts right away. So if you can decrease your substance use, you'll probably ruminate less. Another way is consistent self-criticism. The more you talk to yourself negatively and the less compassionate you are to yourself, the more you're probably going to ruminate as well. That usually comes from a perfectionist type background. So if you're an individual that grew up in a family that was really strict and perfectionistic, you're probably going to have more of rumination. And one of the ways you can kind of combat that is to start to develop some self-compassion. There's lots of workbooks out there that will help with, with rumination. And lastly, thought suppression. Like we talked about earlier, if you try not to have these thoughts, 
you're going to have them more. So the best thing you can do is just greet them and let them go out. Don't try to fight it. Now let's talk about some roadblocks and some solutions. So roadblock one is lack of awareness. Most people don't even know what rumination is and they don't know when they're doing it. So the key is to start to develop some self-awareness for when you discover that you are ruminating and have some self-compassion. So if you catch yourself ruminating, go, oh, I'm ruminating on that topic. And that would be step one, is just to, just to acknowledge it. Second roadblock is perfectionism and self-criticism. Now, people that try to be perfect have a tendency to have more self-critical thoughts. And these tend to loop in ruminations. So individuals that consistently dwell on perceived mistakes and shortcomings, it's going to be difficult for you in the beginning. So definitely look into self-compassion workbooks. Okay, so we talked about rumination. We talked about what is rumination, the different types of rumination, the ways to help with rumination. So what do you do next? Well, I would recommend looking for a therapist. CBT therapist is great. I would also look for starting up a mindfulness and meditation practice. And there's some good coaches out there that can help you do this. I would highly recommend a coach. There's previous episodes where I you can see my own meditation journey and the coach that I worked with. Also, I did create an ebook that I think is very helpful for you. So if you want that, it's called I Can't Get This Thought Out of My Head, Five Ways to Conquer Rumination. You can go to theaddictedmind.com slash plus, and it will be there. Once you go to that site, you just put the coupon code STUCKBRAIN, and you'll get a 50% discount on that ebook. It's a good way to support the Stuck Brain podcast. Another way to support the podcast is to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us get found, which helps us grow and get this information out there to people that need it. So thank you for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode. Once again, thank you for listening to our podcast. And those of you that have taken time to leave reviews and contact us through Instagram, thank you. You can see the show notes at stuckbrainpodcast.com. You can also visit us on Instagram at stuckbrainpodcast, and you can leave what topics you want to hear next.